This message you're about to listen to was recorded live at the Redeemed Christian Church of God, the Throne Room Parish, Transcorp Hilton, Abuja. Be blessed as you listen. Now I'm going to speak on the titles. I just titled this. Uh, well, we've been dealing on identity, so I'm going to talk about establishing our identity through the power of thought. And I'm going to trust that the Holy Spirit will help me today and um, help me deliver. You have a great leaders in this house, great teachers in this house. So when I come in here, I'm always trembled because I know you are properly informed and properly taught and you guys are great people. So we've been talking about identity, but I'm going to try and add just little and by saying our identity is established through our thought pattern. What you give attention to will direct you. The direction you are taking right now is as a result of the thought that you are that is going through your mind. What you give attention to in life will always direct you. The direction is not coming from any other place but from the thought process that you have. In Jeremiah chapter 29, verse number one, verse number eleven. He says, I know the thought I have for you, the thought of peace, to give you an expected end. First, uh, John chapter 1, verse number 12. For as many as received him, he gave them power to become. He gave them power to become. For as many as received him. So power only comes when we receive Christ. Amen. Our identity is established when we receive the gift. Now, if I'm giving you something, if I say, okay, take this. You've not yet established the connection till you receive it. Am I communicating? So even though we have our identity in Christ, even though our identity is established through the redemptive power of the blood of Jesus Christ, that we are born into the very great kingdom of God, guess what? It takes our thoughts to re-establish that. Am I communicating? I always say this to people that says, you can walk in a soap factory and yet you are dirty. Not until you apply that soap. It cannot work for you. So there are so many people in the church of God that have the identity because they are born again. They identify with Christ through the blood. They identify with the Father through the blood of Jesus, but they have not applied that because their mind is still very corrupt. So I'm going to just try and do a little bit that would actually end it, end this very thing on the second service. Please don't. I pray that God will help you and I pray that God will help us even as we open our hearts to hear him. Father, we just invite you, Holy Spirit, one more time, that you would reveal the Father to us. You will reveal the Father to us. You will explain, you will open our eyes to the magnitude of the love of God that is bestowed upon us. You will, oh God, open our eyes to that thing, that exceeding great power of yours that works within us so that we can begin to properly, oh God, take our position in Christ and walk, oh God, in the freedom that you have given to us. We thank you because you have blessed us. We thank you because you will bless us. We thank you because, oh God, you are here with us. Bless your word, even in our heart. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. I want to congratulate Pastor Emma. This is his wedding anniversary. He was telling me, now, can we just celebrate this man? Hallelujah, celebrate him. Amen. God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir. Amen. Now, our thoughts... Your thought is the key in discovering of your identity in Christ. As powerful as our confession is, our confession is not as powerful to the thought that we think. 
Because your thought is really you. Your confession may not be you. I did a survey in our church about some two months ago. The Holy Ghost just said, just, you know, I don't know, just deal with me and says, you know what, call the church and I want to show you what the mind of your people is, their thought pattern. That sometimes we don't understand that our thought affects us more than we think. What you think affects you more than you think. And so I did a survey. Really, really tough surveys. An eye-opener for me. And I began to ask the people, what is what the Holy Spirit says? Let them just express what their thought is when they wake up in the morning, what they feel, their feelings, how, what they think about them. Because it's what you think about you that will really come to pass. Not Muslim, not what you confess. Because your thought is you. It's the totality of you. Your thought is exactly how you are. You are your thought. And so when they did that survey, to cut the long story short, and I was amazed that 95% of the people, great people, trust me, great people, love God, passionate, full of joy, but their thought was corrupted. I have people right, I'm unfulfilled. I have people right, I'm stagnant in life. I have people right, I am not lovable. I have different things. And I brought all those surveys and I showed and I was so blown away with the thoughts of the people that would sit together and pray together, believe God together. And I begin to, when I asked them to actually tell me how would they feel to be honest with themselves, you begin to be, you are amazed by the thoughts we all have. It will amaze you how you think if we are going to be very honest with ourselves about who we are. Guess what? That is exactly who we are. So if we're going to transform any life, the first thing we have to do is to transform the way we think. Why? Because there are two kinds of people. I'm going to teach today. I'm not going to preach because this is a serious matter, identity. There are two kinds of implanters that we have in our life. They are all spiritual. We have the implant of, of, of Satan himself and we also have the implant the Holy Spirit himself. That's why we're in Galatians chapter um, Chapter 5 from verse 19 begins to talk about the works of the flesh are manifested, which are these. Adultery, fornication, this, that, 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 that. That is the implanting of the flesh. They are manifested in what Paul actually, thank you very much. Now the works of the flesh are manifested, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. And he went on and went on. Keep giving me, keep verse 20. And idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, rot, strife, sedition, heresies, 21. Envy, murder, drunkenness, reveling, and such like, of which I tell you before, as I have often, I've also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. The Bible always actually, I mean, sometimes we miss these two words, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. Remember Christ who says the kingdom of God is within you? Hello? He didn't say the kingdom of heaven here. Please get me right. Because I don't understand what Paul is writing. He says those that have, those that receive the implant of the enemy cannot inherit the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is an atmosphere that is created. It's not a geographical location. 
It didn't say the kingdom of heaven. It says the kingdom of God. Because it's an atmosphere that is created. Where the father dwells. Where the fullness of God is being manifested. So it says, if you have an implant, and everything that is recorded there is an implant of the devil. So when people have, when they find themselves in one of those crazy things, they begins to dwell, they begins to create an atmosphere that will corrupt their mind. And when the mind is corrupted, when the thought is corrupted, it cannot receive the kingdom of God. Am I making any sense here? So key. I read the scripture and said, whoa, not the kingdom of heaven. He's talking about the kingdom of God, which is an atmosphere that is created. And we can only exercise our sonship in the kingdom of God. Sonship, our identity is manifested when we come to the kingdom of the one that gives us that identity. So this is the first implanter. Satan himself. What it does, it plants thoughts in us. And I always say to people, you cannot make a difference in your life. You cannot know your true identity if you cannot separate your person from your position. That is where we make mistakes. Not that God has not blessed us. Not that he has not called us into his kingdom. But in most cases, our identity is corrupted because we cannot separate the events of our life from the person that we are. I don't know if I'm making any sense. So when people see themselves in an ugly situation, they think that is who they are. You think that is who you are, but that's not who you are. It's an implanter. This man is sitting. He plants thoughts. He plants situations in lives to distort and to make them disbelieve who they really are. And in most cases, believers have always fallen for this. They never separate themselves from the situation they're going through. And success only comes when you are able to separate yourself from your situation. Am I communicating here? Am I communicating? Amen. So your identity is your key to discovering, sorry, your thought is, your, is a key, is the key to discovering your identity in Christ. Your thought is your true position in Christ. Your thought is your true position in Christ. Paul says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. That is his thought process. Even though there are limitations around Paul, Paul's thought is that I can do all things. As a man thinketh, so the man is. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. It starts with your thinking. It starts with your thought. You establish your identity by the way you think. And so your thought is your true, your, your, your identity, your identity is your true position in Christ. And to be an effective follower of Christ, you must separate your identity from your environment or from your, your, your person from your position. Changing your mind will change your life. Changing your mind will change your life. 
what you think impacts you more than you think. So in Romans chapter 12, I'm going to bring out some facts there and we're going to just run because of our time. Romans chapter 12, I'm reading the, the New International Standard Version. Therefore, I hold your brethren by the message of God that you present your body a living sacrifice acceptable unto God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Underline that word, message of God, body. Underline that word. It says, present your body as a living sacrifice, King James will say. Verse 2, and be not conformed to this word, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind. Because your thought is what gives, is what establishes your identity in Christ. And that is where most cases we miss it. Our thought, what we think about, we I tell you the truth. I'm going to share more about that in the second, maybe hopefully in the second service. I am transforming my heart seriously. You know, because the way we come to think, I was sharing with the pastor friends. I was saying, you know what? I'm rediscovering who God is after this many years serving Him. I'm just coming to know who my daddy is. And that's what is going to establish my identity. I'll walk with him. Look at, look at what the psalmist will write. Separating himself. Separating his person from his, from his environment or for his, from his situation. Begins to establish who is, what his identity really is. Look at what he writes. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He didn't say God is my shepherd. He says, my Lord is my shepherd. He begins to be, bring it personal. Amen. That is his thought process. If they, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm going to separate my situation from who I am. If I'm going to get victory in life, you must separate yourself from, what, from the goings of Nigeria. The moment you get yourself clogged in, you cannot, you'll be actually oppressed. And so there are so many believers, they make confession, but their thought has been messed up, corrupted, because they have allowed the environment to corrupt them. They've allowed Satan to implant things that is not really theirs. And they've accepted it. And this is no more. This is okay. Not until our mind is transformed. And so Paul says, you cannot be conformed. It's so easy to be conformed. But it's so difficult to be transformed. Because it takes force to transform. Am I communicating here? Am I, am I communicating? It says, by the renewing of the mind so that you can prove the perfect will of God. For those that do such things, for those that entertain such things in their mind, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. The benefit of our sonship, our, our sonship in Christ, we cannot benefit from that benefit except our mind is renewed and we begin to think like God thinks. We begin to see ourselves in the light of God. We begin to separate ourselves, our identity from the things we go through in life. 
so important. So important. You can't change your life till you change your mind. Where you are right now is as a result of your thought process. If you're going to change it, you have to change your mind. That's why Jesus in Matthew chapter 4 from verse 17, which we will talk about, talks about, it says, and he began to preach and says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's two key things that stands out from that verse. Repent and attend. That is to say that you must have repentance simply. It does not really only mean repentance from sin. It says have a change of mind. Begins to see who you are in Christ. Begins to acknowledge your identity. And begins to, begins to, you know, begins to actually look at where your thought, the source of your thoughts. Capture your thought. I told them, if you don't capture your thought, it will capture you. Who is feeding you? If you go through Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. If that's what you're thinking, your thought is coming from Satan himself, the liar. You think you can't make it, the thought is coming from the enemy. If you think you have failed, I told them then, I says, if you think you are stagnant, is the enemy telling you a lie. If you think you have failed, is the enemy telling you a lie. If you think you are not going anywhere in life, is the enemy telling you a lie. You must capture the source of your thoughts if you are going to actually have your true identity. Who is feeding you? Where are you getting that thing that you think about yourself? Where are you getting it from? Because if you don't capture it, it may corrupt your, ident- your, your identity in Christ. So I told you that some people, it's possible you work in the soap factory and yet you are still very dirty. Because you don't know who you are. And so many believers don't know they are wonderful in me. They are fearful in me. And they are in Christ. And God is their father. He loves them so much. And God's desire. Before you wake up this morning, God is thinking of how to bless you. But if you can change your mind, if you can change the way you process things, it will change the things that comes your way. I don't want to jump ahead of myself, but messed up living great country Nigeria but our society has taught us the wrong thing sharing with the pastor friend and says you know what the way I relate with God now is different from the way I used to relate with God because we came from a place that tries to tell us that we are our circumstance just to distort our identity Because we are our circumstance. And who you really are is what you're going through. But that's life. That's a life from the pit of hell. That's not who you are. The real you, you are made and fashioned in the very image of God. You are a winner, a champion. You are someone that cannot be destroyed. That's who you are. Because the DNA of God runs through you. But what the devil wants to do is to distort that identity. By making you to think that you are your circumstance. Your thoughts establishes your identity in Christ. As Paul will write, 
Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 17. I pray that the Lord, the Father of glory, might grant unto you. Can you give it to me, please? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, and love is what the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, your identity in Him. Who I am in Him. Separating me from my circumstance. Separating me from what I'm going through. Knowing that I am his son. The psalmist says the Lord is my shepherd. And Jesus will teach us to pray. He says when you pray, he says our father. My father. I was sharing, sharing with us. Let me, let me share this. I, I, I may repeat it in the second service, but this is so key. You know, I don't know of you. I never grew up at home by my dad. Can't remember my dad coming. Called my mom. She said she was good for me. They wanted more. brought the point on everything that I did wrong. Great father I had. But that was what the environment taught him. That's what he transferred to me. So my relationship with my heavenly father affected the way I saw my heavenly father. So I see a daddy of you. Growing up, I see a daddy that is after me to just code me. I see a daddy that I cannot even approach because I always see myself as dirty. Even while the soap has been applied, the blood of Jesus has been applied unto me. Where did this come from? It came from the implant of the enemy telling me I'm not good enough. But I see a father saying, you are my son, you are my daughter, affirming you. Even while you are down, the father is still affirming you. It affects your identity, the way you think. And the way you think actually comes from the environment that you live in, from the environment that actually produces you because your first teacher is always your environment. Made me to have an identity crisis. So many problems. So I have to work very hard to please daddy. I have to struggle to live right. And sometimes as I struggle to live right, I fall. I love you. I love you. As I struggle to live right, I see my inadequacy. I see that I've not prayed enough. I see that I've not fasted enough. And I hear the Holy Spirit says, what are you praying? It's good to pray. Don't get me wrong. It's good.
good to pray. It's good to fast. You don't pray and fast to get the approval of your father. He loves you while you are still a sinner. He calls for you. Before you woke up this morning, the dad, your daddy is saying, I want to have a relationship with you. I want to do you good. I want to bless you. I want to be your father. I want to help you. It's not about what you are doing. Guess what? Who has implanted those things is the enemy. When Adam sinned, God saw them. God knew they sinned. They still came. He came. He knew they ate the food. He still came. Not with a stick to kill them. Just to have a conversation. But that's who our father is. That's who he is. That's who he is. Wait. If he sleeps, if he ever sleeps, he wakes up with you in his mind to bless you. He wakes up with you in his mind to confirm his covenant because he's your good, good father. Our problem is we are not able to separate what we go through from who we are. And your church. Give me two case studies and I'm closed. Luke chapter 15 from verse 11 talks about the prodigal son. And Jesus was making this reference, ref, telling us, trying to equalize or trying to mirror or trying to make us understand the love of daddy. I love calling him daddy. That's Calvary Little have come to build a home. I didn't get it from the heavenly father, but God is helping me. I begin to see myself from the way he sees me. You see, the Holy Spirit, the second implanter, begins to plant love. Galatians chapter 5 from verse 22. And the fruit of the Spirit is love. It's joy. scripture records at the end of it. He said, after this, there is no more coming. Why? Because the Holy Spirit he implants love. He implants you to know that the Father loves you. That's the basis of our identity in Him. Look at this guy, prodigal song guy. Think about it. Identity. Your identity never is affected with your location. Your location has no impact in your identity. Your circumstances have no impact in your identity. That's why it says you must stress, you must separate it. Because there's no bearing. Any man being Christ is a new creature. As long as you are in Christ, as long as you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you are a follower of him, you become his disciple, a follower of him, a student of the world, a student of Christ. Guess what? Your location has no bearing to the covenant that you have with your daddy. But the only thing that does have bearing is our thinking. 
I came to daddy and says, you know what? I'm sick and tired of staying under your leadership. He says, so? He says, give me my portion. I'm about to leave. I want to go. Heavenly Father. He knows that that is not his son. He knows that. He says, okay. As God is so liberal, made us a free moral agent. Where you don't go far with his law. The law of God draws you so close because of who you are with him. Even though you think you are very far away, you are as close to his role. Am I communicating here? Oh, may God free our minds to see him the way he is, he truly is. And he took everything and left. The very day he walked out, the daddy was at the front porch waiting for him to come. He missed it. The scripture says he squandered everything he had in a far country. He was far away, but was not far from the father's love. And what gave him that love was his ID. The Bible says the righteous fall seven times, and yet they're strong. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the love, why? The love of God. Because of the idea, you cannot be crushed. It's impossible for the recession to cross you. That amen is not born again. That amen is not born again. Because the scripture will record that he that dwelt in the secret place of the most high. Oh, always abide. The shadow of the almighty. Back to my story. And so he squandered everything. Messed up, left, lived with harlots, partying all over the place. But his identity was never altered. Nothing takes him away from God. What was altered was his thinking. You know? I'm I complicated, church. The only thing about it, the only thing that was altered was his mindset, not his identity. But it's thinking. That was why he chose to sleep with the harlots. That's why he chose to go parrying and go to club. Because he thought that was who he is. The scripture records that at the time, verse 17, it says, What's a minute? Can my doing here? I have an ID. I'm connected to the Father. Corrupted his activity, which was what he talked about. He says, I will arise and go to my father. 
will arise and go to my father. He thought it through. What am I doing here? A son of a king eating with pigs? The daughter of the most high living like an unbeliever? The son of the king of kings, the ancient of days. The one that has been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Having his life tossed around by the economy of this nation. No, my deeds, my father. He says, I will arise and go to my father. I know he's a good father. Even though I've squandered everything, I know he's going to receive it. Because I am going to say to him, don't make me a son. Don't make me a son. Just make me as one of your, your servants because the, the, the lowest of your servant is better than where I am right now. He made up his mind. You cannot change your life till you change your mind. That's the mindset. So long we have thought you are inferior. You may not say it loud. You know inside. You feel inadequate. You know inside. When you come and stand before your friends, you just, you know inside, even though you put a front, we know inside that, you know what? I don't think I'm good enough. You know inside, we know it. What I'm saying, I'm not talking about your confession because confession can be seen by men. I'm talking about that part of your life. The mind that grows, that runs so wild. You know, you, you, you don't read my mind. That's why the mind is so... That's why people are so messed up because if we can read our minds, people will curtail what they think. is the most difficult thing. And Jesus says there must be a repentance. There must be a change of mind. So as to establish your identity. He says I will rise and go back to my father. Twice he was coming. The scripture records the father saw him from afar. That means the father was waiting for him. He left the father, but the father never left him. So how? In the thought of the father, the son was there. It's my question for us. What is your thought life? Do you really, really, really think who, that you are a champion? Or are you just saying it because we say you say it? Amen. Second story is Joseph. I have plenty of time, but try to conclude this. Genesis chapter 39 talks about Joseph. I love that story so much. That's number one. Genesis 39 verse number 1. I'll just give you some few things. Let me just talk about the story. Then I'll give you some point. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt. And Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, the Egyptian, bought him out of the hand of the Ishmaelite. 
which had brought him down. Two. And the Lord prospered. And the Lord was with Joseph. Identity. His ID was God. His ID was God. And he was a prosperous man. But who was he? Physically. What is his physical condition? A slave. What is his true identity? Prosperous man. So what you are going through is not, it's not who you are. It's not who you are. And the Lord was with him because he has an idea with God. A covenant right with God. Even while in slavery, God was with him. His identity was never altered. Let not the condition of this country alter your identity. You are the son and daughter of a great king. The monarch of the universe. One that stretches the edge by himself. Like a man stretches the curtain. And this is the one, this is one, this one loves you so much that he fashioned you in his own image. The Bible says, and the Lord was with him and Joseph was a prosperous man. Why? His idea is not distorted. By location. Doesn't matter. That's why Isaac sold in the land of famine. That same year. It's identity. Your identity. And it begins with your thought process. Who do you think you are? Jesus says, I know who I am. I'm not I'm from above, so I'm above all. I know my ID. It doesn't matter what is going on. I know my ID. Let me give you some parts and we'll close. There are three things that govern our actions. Our actions are actually what tell us our true identity. Our actions, tell me what you do, I'll tell you who you are. But there are three things that govern it. Number one, your body is a slave to your thoughts. Your body means the totality of you is a slave to your thoughts. The man think you're still the man he is. Number two, whatever rules your thought rules your body or rules your life. It can either be a Holy Spirit or the spirit of the liar, Satan. Jesus called him the liar. That means he lies. And he's lied a lot to a lot of Christians, making us not to believe who we really are making us, beginning to distort our identity in Christ. By telling us that we are what our circumstances is or are. So what rules your thought will eventually rule your life. When thoughts, when fear and anger rules your life, guess what? You determine what goes in or goes out of your mind. You determine it. You control what you see. 
You control what you hear. You are the gatekeeper. You can do the change. You control what you see. You control what you hear. You control what you read. You control what you relate to. You are the gatekeeper. And my appeal to you is don't give up the control of your thoughts to any satanic being. Amen. Don't give up. Number four, what you give attention to will direct your life. What you give attention to, if you give attention to the Holy Spirit, it directs your life. If you give attention to the Word of God, it directs your, your life. But if you give attention to anything that is lying or false, it will eventually actually direct your life. Amen. Amen. My prayer is this. That God will help us to begin to think the way he thinks about us. That is what establishes our identity. I, like, I love what Sinead said. His song, I know who I am. It's not only in song. It must be in our heart. First thing you want to in helping us establish our identities to understand the love of the Father. Prodigal son daddy was waiting for him. When he came back home, he didn't question him that much. He just wants you to think like the son of a king. God says, if you cannot change your thought, I cannot change your life. What you think impacts you more than you think. And I pray that the Holy Spirit, this is my prayer this, last, this night, that the Holy Spirit will begin to open our mind to begin to see the love of God. That we are loved. Where the beloved is. He loves you so much. That is why he did. You are the beloved of God. That's my prayer for you. I'm going to talk about the seven steps we need to take to transform. This is so key. Just reserving the best for the next service. Steps that we need to take to transform our mindset. I'll just close this very first service with this. I'll tell you a story about connecting with something. About who that is. Two years ago, Five boys. By the grace of God, two grandsons now. Last time I came, I had one. Now it's two. So I'm blessed. And so, the, the child of my son, I thought I was coming back from school. He used to take um, the school bus. Normally takes the school bus. And the mom will always, and myself or the mom will just wait for him at the bus station and pick him up. Or take him to the office or to the church. This very good day, his name is Emeka. 
Emeka did not follow the bus. And the mom was just there waiting for him. 2.30, Emeka was not there. She drove to the school at about 3 o'clock. Emeka was not there. Tried to reach him on the phone. We couldn't reach him. Mom called me. I left everything I was doing. I was there looking for Emeka. There was nothing so important to me in life anymore than to find my son. Never even cross her mind. I said, Daddy, think about it. Never crossed my mind. Nothing ever crossed my mind only just to see where is this guy that I can bring him home. I had four more boys. But at that time, those four boys were not important to me. Never crossed my mind that I still have four boys. My concern was the one that was missing. And nothing I care less about anything, not even the church, be honest with you, at that time. Because I ran out of the church office with speed. There was no one that could hold me. There was no one's problem that could hold me. I needed to find my son. And we're all over the place. Nothing matters. Nothing matters. Till after three hours, we just located him. Think about this. This. My wife. I was having my eyes very red. Can you imagine in that? Condition. My second son's name is Ike. Ike would have, can you imagine Ike coming to me and says, Mommy, Daddy, you know, you promised me you were going to give me Burger King. Can, can you imagine what my reaction would be? You know what I would say? I say, Are you kidding me? Burger King now? Your brother is missing and you're asking me of Burger King? Can you imagine what? Oh, Caleb will say, Daddy, can we go? Can we take, take me to Chucky C's so that we can play some games? Even I love doing that with him. Can you imagine how that will feel? Oh, Daddy, can we just play some music? And just have fun at home? That's exactly how God feels every day. Says, you know how you feel, son? You know how you run crazy? That's how I feel for every one of them out there. So when you come to church service like we have right now, beautiful. God is not super interested in what we are doing now. He's not. I hate to bust our bubble. And imagine we come in every Sunday. God, give me this, give me this, give me. And God says, are you kidding me? Those ones I create in my image, I love them. They are my sons and my daughter that is missing. And you are telling me to bless you. Every time you come, you are asking me for blessing. And my sons and my daughter, you are not concerned about them. Are you kidding me? 
to hear God say? That's why he says, I will leave the 99. I will leave the 99. That's who God is. That's our Father. That's who he is. That is his love for the dying world. That is his love for us. He's saying, will you join me in search for my lost ones? What we do here is great. I just told you the heart of the Father. It's aching. Can somebody find my lost daughters? Can somebody find my lost sons? And bring them home? Bring them home. The Lord strikes me and says, You know how you feel when the makeup was busy? That's how I feel every day. I feel that every day. But you are so consumed yourself in give me, give me, bless me, bless me, bless me, and no one concerns themselves about the loss. This is the mind of God. This is our identity. He says to the disciple, when I send you, Luke chapter 22, verse number 35, he said, when I send you without strips, when I send you without the post, when I send you without anything, did you lack anything? And he says, no. Why? Because God always blesses his children when they identify with his mission. Not only are we identifying as the body of Christ, we should also identify to the mission of God. He came to seek the lost. I want to challenge us. Someone, can I say this to us? God will give you that breakthrough after you've won one soul this day. Can you test my God? Can you test my God? I'm giving you permission to try my God. Try if I'm a son of God. If I'm a child of God. If I'm sent by God. Can you? Can we go into this challenge? You go find a soul. I don't, I'm not saying get a church member somewhere and bring them here. No. They're already located. Leave them alone. I'm saying go get somebody out there. That the father has been looking for. Maybe your co-worker. Maybe your neighbor. Maybe somebody in your immediate environment. If you can't preach to them, just bring them on Sunday next week. And tell them. That he has been looking for you. Will you come to church with me? Do everything in your power to bring them here on Sunday. I guarantee you, that which you are looking for, you will find. That amen is not born again. That amen is not born again. If you are taking this challenge with me, I want you to stand on your feet. You are going to be bold enough to say, Pastor, I'm taking this challenge. I'll win one soul this week. Just one. Not only will I win them, I'll bring them to church on Sunday. That's our identity. We identify with this mission. It starts here. Consigning ourselves, linking up ourselves with the mission of the Father, with the heart of the Father. Thank you guys very much. So please, God will help you as you go out there.
God will give you a soul and you will gladden the heart of the Father and the Lord will rejoice over you. And everything your heart have sought after, you will find. That amen is not born again. Everything you are searching for, you will find. In the name of Jesus, everything your heart desire, I prophesy by the power of the Holy Ghost that it will come to you in the name of Jesus. Saul came to his kingdomship when he went afar after his father's donkey. As you go after your father's business, you will be told that you are a king. That thing that has dominated you, you will become a king over them and you have dominion over them. That amen is not born again. That amen is not born again. Amen. God bless you. Have your seat. Can we all stand? Just stand. Sorry. Can we just stand and close in prayer? If you've not given your life to Christ, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord, that's what our identity is all about. Identity is actually in Christ. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, the new creature. Identity is established by accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior. For the scripture will record that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, and as many as received him to them, gave power to become the sons of God. If you've not made Jesus your Lord and Savior, can I just see your hand up? Is there anyone there? Amen. I strongly believe by next Sunday we are going to have 100. Because you guys are taking the challenge with me. We're going to have hundreds of people coming here. And there are going to be hundreds of people giving their life next Sunday. Can I hear a loud amen? Because we have taken a challenge with the Lord. Father, I thank you for your people. Lord, you promised me you were going to walk in their heart. Oh, you will saturate, oh God, their heart with your love. Oh God, that made manifest their identity in you. Holy Spirit, in your own sweet, gentle way. Move in the heart of this ones. Move in their heart. Let them feel the warm, your warm embrace. Oh, let them feel your love. Thank you. As I commend them to your grace, to your care. Establish this world in your confidence. Thank you for implanting in them, O oh God, the fruit of the Spirit. That all they know is your love, your joy, your mercy. And thank you. Thank you for the deliverance of our mind. Thank you for the healing of the mind of many here. Oh, Jehovah, that sister, that brother, that think is, is worthless. Oh, thank you for reassuring her. Oh, that she's the most beautiful woman ever created. Oh, Lord, I thank you. Lord, thank you for your healing. Thank you for your healing. Thank you for your healing. Thank you for the stream of healing. Thank you, oh God, for your stream of healing. We believe you have been blessed by this message. To download this message, please visit our podcast at The Throne Room on your handheld device or computer. For any inquiries, call 08087-000004 or visit the Life Center at number 20 Colorado Close off Dame Street, Maitama Abuja. You can also visit our website, www.rccgthroneroom.org. You are highly lifted, highly favored. Highly favored.